whose story do you most want to tell? Is it a story of a, a people, a, a, a society, um, existence? Is there a story in mind that if you look at your life and your career, you'll feel like, okay, all of my work was a, a portfolio of sorts to tell this story? Hello world and welcome to Her Royal Science. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Today, we'll be chatting with Nika Ford, an academic medical illustrator for the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. She previously completed her Bachelor of Fine Arts in Studio Art at Georgia Southern University and her Master of Science in Biomedical Visualization at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Nika is also an illustrator for the Wonderman Thompson Health for Equity Center of Excellence, an initiative to track racial inequities across pharma and healthcare. As an active professional member of the Association of Medical Illustrators, she serves as the co-chair for their diversity committee. I'm so excited to chat with Nika today about her work as a board-certified medical illustrator, but let's start from the very beginning. Nika, what's your story? Ah, man, where do I start? I've been an artist my entire life, mm. um, and I think we were all artists when we were like three or four years old, right? But yeah. I just I just was drawing all the time, and um, my parents, I'm really lucky to have parents that really fostered that, and so I ended up attending a magnet visual and performing arts high school Wonderful. where I took a lot of, yeah, I took a lot of art classes um, throughout high school, so that really kind of is what spurred my interest in becoming an artist mm -hmm. um, career-wise, like when I you know, got older. And so with that, I followed into um, university. I went to Georgia Southern University, studied fine art. Mm -hmm. um, and it was there that I discovered medical illustration. So I actually didn't find out about medical illustration until I was in my completing my um, junior year. Oh. Um, so I was 21 around that time. Mm -hmm. And um, it's definitely a small field, a very niche field that's not well known at all. Yeah. But um, throughout my time at Georgia Southern, what I was really focusing on with my art was anatomy and science, but mm -hmm. in a very representative kind of artistic surrealist way. Okay. Um, it was nothing that was like too accurate to what actual depictions of anatomy are. Mm -hmm. It was more like I was inspired by it. So that started to come through the paintings that I was creating. Mm -hmm. So one of my illustration teachers came to me and said like, hey, have you ever heard of medical illustration? And at that point I was like, what? No, what's that? <laughs> and that's how I found out about the career. I had no idea. So after I researched it, I realized like that was exactly like what I wanted to do. And I think what really spurred that interest while I was um, completing my science, like, I mean, my art portfolio and everything was, I remember looking out the window one day in my art class and I was looking at a tree and I was seeing how the branches kind of like bifurcated and branched out. And it reminded me of the veins and arteries in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like that aha moment. I feel like yeah. that, you know, when I was creating my art pieces um, in school that I, I wanted to combine science and anatomy with it. So I, I just remember that moment very distinctly in my mind, yeah. the correlation between anatomy and nature and stuff. So, um, yeah, after I researched medical illustration, um, I decided that that's what I wanted to do. But at that point, I had no background in science, mm -hmm. um, which is required to be a medical illustrator. Mm -hmm. um, so I graduated and everything. I had 
like taken no science courses at all. And what I did was I became a post-bac student and I took some science courses as a post-bac in Atlanta for about three years as a part-time student. Um, And so with that, I was able to take things like comparative anatomy, chemistry, biology, immunology, and courses like that that were required to get a master's or to apply for a master's program in medical illustration. So once I got that background, um, then I applied to, at the time, at that time, there were four accredited schools in medical illustration in North America. Now there are five. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I applied to schools. I got accepted into University of Illinois, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a two-year program, master's program, in biomedical visualization, which is more of a fancy term for medical <laughs> illustration. Um, and I completed my degree there in 2017. Okay. And so how daunting was it to walk into the science classrooms after... However many years it had been, I imagine you took maybe a few science courses in high school, but it had been a while. Was it scary at all or was it like, I got this? Yeah, it it was. <laughs> it definitely was because um, I felt like everyone else, especially when I was a post-bac, I was in classes with students that had already been studying science yeah. for a while. So I definitely felt pretty intimidated. Um, but it was just a matter of like, talking to my instructors and telling them my situation and they were very understanding. Mm-hmm. And so with that, they kind of helped me and, and guided me through that process as well. So that was super helpful to have instructors that were very understanding of my very like unique circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got when I started the graduate program, I was also among other people who had similar experiences as me. Um, Other classmates who were artists as a background and and had to fill in the science gaps to get into the graduate program. And then there are also some of us who had more of a science background and then had to take studio art classes to get that art background Mm -hmm. before going into the grad program. So, yeah. So the process, it sounds like, of becoming a board-certified medical illustrator is to go through one of the five schools that are accredited? Um, and so, yeah, that's a, that's a good point you bring up because I wanted to make that distinction. Um, board certification is actually optional. So oh, okay. you can be a, a professional medical illustrator without getting board certified. Mm. Um, you can go to a graduate program, get a degree, and practice like professionally. Yeah. Um, the board certification is a separate optional process um, that is basically a very rigorous test that you go through mm. that tests you on business practices, ethics, um, medical science, drawing skills, and a portfolio review. Mm-hmm. And then you get the CMI credentials after your name. So mm-hmm. it kind of just like tests your skills as a medical illustrator. It can look really good on resumes mm-hmm. and things like that, but it's optional. There are definitely plenty of medical illustrators who practice without certification. Okay. Okay. So I wonder if you're you're going to be honest when I ask this question. What is it like working with scientists? Because we can be a little annoying when it comes to the visualization of the projects or the work that we're doing. <laughs> is it like speaking another language? Or have you kind of learned the, the tips and tricks for navigating the space that you don't even really feel like you're you're switching between your art brain, if you will, simplistically speaking, of course, and your your science jargon? Yeah, I feel like definitely what I learned through the graduate school program prepared me for having those conversations with scientists and physicians and clinicians. Um, I do feel like sometimes if it's very high level science, um, it's 
it will be difficult to understand. I may ask them to explain to me in layman, layman terms. Mm-hmm. But because I have such a background in um, gross anatomy mm-hmm. and even like some physiology and things like that, normally it's a pretty easy conversation to navigate working with scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helps when they give me like a summary of their paper or their reference material. I've even had some t- scientists draw out sketches of what they want, which is like perfect because right. it starts as like, um, like a starting point for for me so I know what they're already visualizing in their head and and a lot of times they're not artists so it'll be like you know squares and circles <laughs> or like you know very simple shapes yeah. but it gives me a definitely a general idea which is super helpful yeah it's a great starting point I imagine mm-hmm. I I remember when I was doing my undergraduate and my graduate degrees some years ago now I did notice how little diversity, racial diversity, ethnic diversity that was present in the pages of the journal articles that I was reading or the textbooks that I was using as reference material. Mm-hmm. Has it changed? Is it starting to change? And what is the current landscape in your experience of the field of medical illustration? Yeah, um, I had similar experiences as you. I feel like growing up and, and through school, I also didn't see much diversity in the textbooks that I was using either. Mm-hmm. And I would say within recent years, it's definitely starting to change. Like within the last like five years or so, I've definitely seen um, a big change in that. And I feel like a lot of medical illustrators are now aware of this problem that we've had of like this white male archetype of a slim athletic body that you see in like all these anatomy textbooks um, for years. Mm -hmm. And we're very aware of that. And I I do know a lot of medical illustrators who are working on changing that and including more racial diversity and not even just racial, but also showing different body shapes and sizes, elderly bodies, trans and Mm -hmm. non-binary people. Mm -hmm. Like there's been just a lot of lack of just representation all around um, in, in these kind of materials. So um, I've even seen changes on more of like the client side. So mm-hmm. companies that hire medical illustrators, I've seen initiatives by them to hire medical illustrators specifically for the reason of showing more diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been great to see kind of like on both sides. I've even had clients that I've worked with that have asked me, like, they'll say, hey, can you depict like a black woman in this illustration? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really even nice to have clients that are aware of that too. So I'm not like having to push for it as well. It's it's a collaboration between the two. I, I think that all around there's a general awareness now. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it's one of those things that it's it's going to take a long time to get it to the point that we want. But at least now people are aware and it's something that we're actively working on. Mm-hmm. Is there any pushback potentially of, you know, this is the way it's been? There's nothing wrong with the way it's been? Or is there a general consensus of understanding that the world around us looks dynamic and diverse and our reference materials should reflect that. Yeah. Um, I haven't personally experienced um, any pushback really from anyone that I've worked with, which has been really great. Yeah. Um, I do know some medical studies that have experienced that from clients, but um, I think generally there's definitely an understanding of how important it is. Yeah. Um, this idea that of a standard body type yeah. is is so harmful because it makes everyone outside of that feel like their bodies aren't normal. Yeah. When in reality, everyone's body is normal. Mm-hmm. Like what's normal is that there's no particular standard body type. Yeah. And that's the beauty of humanity is the variety. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have an, a bit of an odd question. I would say that 
I lean more towards science, but I do have some artistic inclinations, especially in the space of writing, poetry, and spoken word. But when I'm in the science space, I tend to use art as my release. Mm -hmm. If you are an artist, <laughs> what would you say is your release? I, I imagine it's not science, <laughs> or it might be, I don't know. But do you end up having releases that are in other spaces? You're feeling a little overwhelmed, stressed out, and this is something that can be a form of catharsis and mm -hmm. all the wonderful warm feelings that come out of being in a, in a safe space. What is your release? I love that question. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say my release is still art, but not medical art. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I through when I was completing my undergrad, um, I loved using oil paint. So that's kind of mm -hmm. stuck with me now. And so I still paint. Um, and I love doing that. And, and it's just, it's definitely therapeutic for me. Um, yeah. And um, I think I draw inspiration from whatever I'm feeling at the time. Um, I draw inspiration from, I would say, myself and other Black women that I look up to. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I, I still do oil painting on canvas. And it's really nice because what I do for work is all digital. Like when I do medical illustrations, I'm always on Photoshop, you know, Adobe Illustrator. I'm on the computer constantly. So um, having that traditional art and, and still having that as like a form of release and just like I guess it's just, for me, it's, it's just joyful. Um, and there's no stress behind it and stuff. So I, yeah, I still use art, but just a different form of art. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned oil painting. I did want to give a little shout out to the Black in Anatomy crew because you were uh, leading a session not too long ago and showing us very, you know, challenged scientists <laughs> how to draw a, was it a coronal slice, I think, of the kidney. And it was so interactive. You were phenomenal, I Thank must you. say. You're a great teacher. And I imagine you will be phenomenal if you continue in this space. Is this something that you're interested in doing? Teaching others how to create art and enjoy art in the science space? Yes, definitely. I really love doing that. Um, and I've done that with Black and Anatomy for the past two years. And, and that's when I realized like this is something that I definitely would love to continue. Mm -hmm. um, and um, ideally, I'd love to just kind of offer a painting class to scientists or scientists um, who maybe want to like have me come to their lab and do a painting class um, in person or virtu virtually or however that looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really awesome awesome for anyone to really use art creatively as a form of release or, or just, you know, for fun, like you were saying. And um, as art, I mean, as scientists, I think that it can help spur ideas even within your research. Like, I definitely think there's a connection and it's intertwined. Um, you don't have to be like a skilled artist to to practice art mm -hmm. or to do art or, or to use it for some reason. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there are other things that can come out of just being creative and exploring that side of yourself. Mm -hmm. I hope people are encouraged to reach out to you to accommodate that into their programs. I think we tend to silo people a lot and say, you know, these individuals have been studying science for this many years. They are scientists, and that is it. That is the final mm -hmm. descriptor of this person's identity. And the same, I believe, is true in some spaces within art. Like, you are an artist. That is it. You have an art person. You have a science person. When really, I think we're a little bit of both. 
a little bit of many things because mm-hmm. science and art are just one or two aspects of who you can be and what you can aspire to do career-wise. But there's also philosophy and thought and all these other things that can be mixed into that. So I hope people do reach out to you to organize that within their own institutions. You mentioned Black women that you're inspired by, and it is very natural that my next thought was, whose work are you most inspired by? Yeah, I would say um, I definitely have people that I'm inspired by who are visual artists and then the people I'm inspired by who are medical artists. Mm. Um, one of my favorite painters who is a Black woman is Lena Iris Victor. Okay. Um, I love her work. Um, she uses like a lot of gold and um, just like it's very meticulous with a lot of detail in the background mm. and the way that she depicts the women in her paintings. It just like really draws you in and it's just, it's gorgeous work. Um, I'll look her up. Yeah, yeah. And um I would say another person, um, Kendall Wiley's a, a man, obviously, but really inspired by his work as well. Um, what inspires you about his work? Oh, yeah. So um, I love the way he ingrains a figure within the background, but also it the background is part of the foreground. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love artists who use a lot of detail in their work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, I love studying things. So when I can get really close to a painting and just look at a thumbnail and just the thumbnail of it, which is basically like a small section of it, Mm -hmm. can be its own painting itself. Um, I really love that. Kind of reminiscent of someone like Chuck Close, Mm -hmm. um, who also uses tiny little squares of illustrations that make a bigger piece, Mm -hmm. a bigger painting. Um, So yeah, I just, I love stuff like that. And um, one of the medical artists um, who I'm really inspired by is Sarai Sarai Yamas. Um, And her work is really cool. I love it because she's very creative and with her approaches to medical art and it's very editorial. So like editorial art basically is summarizing a concept in a, in a picture and it it's very conceptual. Mm -hmm. So drawing on different elements for a particular meaning in one piece, almost like surrealism in a way. Okay. I don't know if you have a a kind of schedule that you could answer this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Could you walk us through a day in the life of a medical illustrator? What is a Monday like for you, for instance? Yeah, sure. Um, So for me, it definitely consists of meeting with clients. Um, Now with the pandemic, I'm meeting over Zoom, but before I'd be meeting in person um, and we discuss the research. And I would say in one particular day, I may work on anywhere from like three to six projects at a time. Um, So I have a lot of work. Yeah. So I'll do small, like incremental steps to each project over time. So it will take me like several weeks for one project, but that's because I'm working on that same project, like for just an hour to each day of the week or a couple days a week. Um, So in one day I may work on a sketch for one project, meet with a couple of clients, um, work on rendering another illustration. So it's there's a lot of variety within my days, which is really what I like about working at an a- academic institution or medical school where, where I work, because I'll work with um, a, sur- a surgeon, I may work with a research scientist, um, a faculty member. So all of my projects will be very, really different, spanning anywhere from micro, something on the micro level, um, cellular level to gross anatomy. So it's nice to have that amount of variety with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're going to get even more variety sometime soon, because I know you're considering freelancing. Is that true? 
Yeah, I am. So I'm transitioning into full-time freelance in the new year, and I'm super excited because it's been one of my long-term goals for a while, and I feel like I'm ready to take that leap. Um, mm. I've been fortunate enough to be able to to do freelance work on the side of having a full-time job, and now I'm, I'm ready to transition into taking my free freelance work full-time. Um, and I'm super excited about getting my own clients, um, working on projects that I'm really passionate about. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I think I'm just really excited about the freedom that it offers, um, the autonomy over my schedule and things like that. So yeah, I'm really excited. That's so exciting. And I imagine that means that you can also have more international clientele mm -hmm. because you're not really restricted to the academic institution mm -hmm. where you're currently working. Yeah. Is that something that you've also considered or are considering? Yeah, I'm definitely considering that. Um, I've had one international client so far, and it was from, from someone from Australia who found me over Twitter, actually. So awesome. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely interested in to to garnering more clients like across the globe and and outside the U.S. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But while you're still based in New York, you are a part of the SciFizz NYC conference, correct? Yes. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I joined the SciViz team when I started at Icon School of Medicine. Um, mm -hmm. SciViz NYC is a conference that's been going on since 2017. I joined in 2018 when I when I moved from New York moved to New York. So I'm from Atlanta, Georgia originally. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's it's been a conference that we've hosted at Icon School of Medicine in collaboration with Scientific American. And what we, the purpose of it is to bring together science communicators um, for a, um, a number of talks at half-day conference. And um, it's really for anyone interested in science and art. So like researchers, clinicians, journalists, artists, um, anyone interested in and, and those science and art combined. And we have talks ranging from data visualization to fine art, storytelling through art, um, science research, as long as it has a visual component. So um, pre-pandemic, it was in person. Um, and then we started offering the conference virtually. Um, and all of it's free. All of the past recordings are listed on the website. So that's scivis.nyc if you'd want to look at past talks. Oh, sweet. Yeah, no, I, I definitely encourage my listeners to check that out. I love that the pandemic has offered a lot more opportunities for people who might not ordinarily have access to these kinds of events to access mm -hmm. these kinds of events. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So my last question of the day, do you have any advice for young artists or even young scientists who are thinking of pursuing a career in this space in medical illustration? Yeah, um, I would say, so I, I took the traditional path, which was getting a graduate degree in medical illustration, but it's not necessarily necessary to get a graduate de degree. Um, I know people who have gotten their PhDs who are interested in going into medical illustration. So maybe you've already gone through school and it's something that you're interested in. And I would say there are definitely a lot of resources online and tutorials online on medical illustration or, or just about um 
science visualization. Um, and so definitely like doing research into that and seeing what you can find online as, for, as far as like helpful resources. But I would say what's really important is being able to um, storytell science. So I think of myself holistically as a storyteller. And then mm -hmm. all of the skill sets that I have kind of fall under that umbrella of being a storyteller. So things like... Um, graphic design or layout design, color theory, um, principles of art, um, and then research skills, being able to research anatomy, all those things kind of fall under the umbrella of um, storytelling, I would say. So I definitely think that artists and scientists are storytellers in their own right. So yeah. combining those two things. And so wherever you have that strong suit, whether it's art or science, mm -hmm. supplementing that with the opposite. So if you're a scientist, you know, take some figure drawing classes or, um, yeah. you know, learn about um, principles of art and principles of design. Um, and then if you're an artist studying some anatomy, like just learning the general, you know, anatomy, and there's, there's tons of resources on that um, to learn anatomy. And, and I think it's really helpful. And in, in when it comes to communicating with scientists as an artist, like, kind of understanding the body already so you don't have to explain everything to you but having that general understanding of anatomy I think is just a good foundation for an artist who who'd want to go in into that okay uh, I lied I have one more question based okay, on sure <laughs> <laughs> okay so you mentioned storytelling and how I love that I love that because I, I think that's something that I also hold true I think storytelling is a key part of the work that I do and the work that I hope to do in the future Whose story do you most want to tell? Is it a story of a, a people, of a, a, a society, um, existence? Is there a story in mind that if you look at your life and your career, you'll feel like, okay, all of my work was a, a portfolio of sorts to tell this story? Wow, I've never thought of that before. <laughs> it's a good question. I think when I look at my portfolio as a whole... I, I don't know if there's like one particular story that I'm telling because mm -hmm. um, like I was saying before, how I have so many different clients and it's really based on like what my clients are wanting me to portray with their research. Mm -hmm. um, and that can just be like anything across all different kinds of departments of medicine or science. And so I don't know if there's like one particular story that I tell, but I will say that one thread that I think a common thread that's between everything is that I'm educating people about their bodies. Um, mm -hmm. And so the viewer could be a patient or the viewer could be um, a, a resident who's maybe learning a new surgical technique or whatever that is. So I think that it's educating the viewer about anatomy or about their body or maybe the body that they're going to be practicing something on. So at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I think what's happening as a medical illustrator is that you're improving the health and wellness of the people that you're serving. So whatever community that is, um, I think that medical illustration is is very monumental to education and mm -hmm. in, in that the people that practice as far as like physicians and clinicians, um, 
the way that they practice in in their place of work is really a part of that is is really what they've learned in schooling and those visuals are like huge as far as we think about like their training. So mm-hmm. as a medical illustrator, I'm impacting people's health. So it's really very very important work actually. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think that's definitely that would be like a common thread is that like I'm helping people with their health at the end, at the end of the day, like understanding their health or, or providing health care. Yeah, that's important work. It's beautiful work. I was checking out your portfolio not too long ago on your website. Here, drop your website so people can check it out. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's www.nikafor.com. So that's N-I-K-A-F-O-R-D.com. And your socials are? Yes, I'm on Twitter. Um, so that's at Nika Ford, N-I-K-A-F-O-R-D underscore. And on Instagram, I'm in underscore biovisuals. I, I think everyone should check out your work. You are an incredible teacher. And with my firsthand experience, I think I can say that. You, I think, have a glorious future ahead of you. You're on an amazing path already, but I I can tell that the clients that you have in the future are going to be beyond satisfied, elated with the work that you do for them because you take in a lot of information, you synthesize it, and you create the most beautiful creations. So all the best to you and thank you so, so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. Thank you.